welcome, 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 welcome to the Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee for June 25th, 2018. My name is Tim Patterson. Uh, they know me as Trade Show Guy. If you're new to the uh, vlog slash podcast, it's out there in both video and audio. Uh, I'm an author with two books on Amazon, Trade Show Success and Trade Show Superheroes and Exhibiting Zombies. Uh, I own the company Trade Show Guy Exhibits. We work with a lot of clients. Um that do uh, trade show marketing. We help them with logistics. We do design and fabrication. And I blog all the time at tradeshowguyblog.com, which is likely where you may have run across this particular show. On the show this week, uh, we have a guest. We often have a guest, although not every time. Uh, also, there's a trade show marketing tip of the week, which we'll share with you later. And then I finish with one good thing of the week, just a thing that I've done or seen or an app or a show or something music and then share that just maybe something you'd like uh and then uh, those will come after our guest this week it's kathleen gage i'll just read you the brief bio from what she sent me from here kind of a tear sheet uh, kathleen gage is known as the no-nonsense common sense high performance and visibility consultant and speaker and she's been engaging audiences for 25 years. Uh, Kathleen helps her clients break free of their self-imposed limitations in order to perform at their highest level possible her clients are uh, driven by making a difference through their own unique voice. They do this through speaking, writing, and consulting. As an early adopter of online marketing, Kathleen is known for cutting through the fluff. She speaks and teaches about what she believes are the core elements of a successful life. That's accountability, integrity, honesty, and living with passion and hope. Uh, Kathleen Gage has spoken around the globe to various sized groups, authored several books, and inform information products have uh, been interviewed hundreds of times, and this will be one, and worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and companies. Outside of business, Kathleen can be found uh, training for a marathon. I think she talks about that. Rescuing animals, walking her dogs, and working in her many flower gardens, feeding her horses, or uh, I understand she's a fierce card game player too. So uh, here's how the interview with Kathleen went that I had recently with her. I'm speaking with Kathleen Gage, live from somewhere near Eugene, which is just down the road from us in Salem. It's Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Kathleen, it's a pleasure to see you. Thank you for joining me. Tim, it is great to be here, and it's a mystery where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll keep it that way. I know it's in the I area, like it that and, I, way. <laughs> and I know you've been in Oregon for a dozen years or so. Uh, we actually connected prior to you coming to Oregon. I think you were in Utah, and I'm not sure what the connection was. was. It was probably email. I was... Uh, subscribing. I may have purchased one of your products or something. What did you do prior to coming to Eugene and, and what got you there? I'm just curious. A little, little history. Pretty much I, I, di I did the same thing. Online marketing. I was doing a lot um, of internet-based uh, business building and it, I just had the opportunity to uh, move to an area that was more conducive to what I was looking for, which was get property, have some horses, live close to a river. You know, so a lot of it had more to do with lifestyle than it had to do with business. Because uh, like you, with what I do in my business, I can pretty much go anywhere I want to go in the world. As long as I have a phone, internet connection, and a computer, I'm good to go. Yeah. Now, as I recall, in Utah, you did a lot of public speaking. Is that correct? You still I do did. some of that? Or? I do. I do. As a matter of fact, um, it, it's interesting because I've transitioned from being uh, working within um, the government agency market, corporate market, to where then I transitioned into small businesses, solo entrepreneurs, was speaking at a lot of conferences. And um, what, what's interesting is a few years ago, I'm into animal rescue and I had rescued a, a dog and did something online where I was promoting something to raise some funds for animal rescue. 
And a woman who had been on my list for quite a while, who's in the pet space, she actually was the founder of the largest animal blogger conference in the world wow. and had never heard of it. And she contacts me and says, would you come and speak at our conference? It's a whole bunch of pet bloggers. And I said, I'm not a pet blogger. I, I know nothing about that industry. She goes, but you do know how to make money online. And that's what we need. So what, what I really saw from that experience is what I've been teaching for years. You can have parallel markets. You can have parallel messages where you don't have to lock yourself into one area uh, and you can expand out. So I, I actually started in Utah as a speaker in 1994 and grew that into uh, what I do now, which is speaking online like what we're doing right now. I speak at conferences. I do in-house workshops. I do self-staged workshops, which uh, actually those are very, very profitable. Uh, a lot of people say you should never speak for free. I've made hundreds of thousands of dollars from one event from, uh, by speaking for free. So oh, I'm a real nice. proponent of it. <laughs> well, so let's dig into the, the internet marketing, the online marketing a little bit. Um, you know, I, uh, we both got online early, I think. I, I was making websites in 92 and 93 with HTML and coding, and I realized after a little while that I didn't really want to do that, but I, I, at least I knew how. And then I was interested right. because so many people jumped into that space. There's a, a lot of, we could probably name drop, but people... Uh, that were doing, you know, promoting internet marketing, and a lot of people were very successful at it. So, how has that changed uh, with the advent of social media, for instance, for what was there in the late '90s, early knots, to what's going on now? In your observation, well, that is such a great question, Tim. And I think how it's really changed is it's just incredibly com competitive today compared to what it used to be, and there's a much uh, there's a smaller barrier to entry. Just about anybody, if you know how to press buttons, um, you know, I'm a real good button presser, but that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> Aren't we all? But if, it, you know, if, you, if you know how to use Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, if you know how to use uh, WordPress, you can pretty much run an internet-based business. So I would say it's much more competitive than it ever was in the past. Um, I would say that um, prices have lowered considerably uh, back in the day when you were one of a few a handful of people that was doing internet marketing, you could pretty much write your own ticket. Well, today, you know, everybody and their brother and sister is coming onto the horizon. So it's really important for people to differentiate themselves. What makes you the person somebody would want to do business with or what makes your product so much, uh, if you will, really better than uh, somebody else's product or a compliment to somebody else's product. Um, I think there's a lot more affiliate opportunity today than mm. ever in the past. Uh, I know that myself, I actually enjoy selling other experts' products, so I don't have to create them and I can just get a paycheck. It, it seems to me that the basic goal of a lot of that was, was you know, build your list, email list. Is email marketing still as effective from, from your perspective uh, as it used no. to be? No, no, I do, I do not believe it is, and yet it is important. Um, back in the day when I first started doing email marketing, and this is when you've got mail. Yes. You had that AOL. <laughs> um, in a room full of people back in the 90s, if you said, how many of you have email, maybe 5% would raise their hand. And now 100% will probably raise their hand if you say who has, uh, who has email. And back in the day, you had a really high open rate. If you sent out 100 emails, you were pretty close to getting 95 to 100 people who opened it up if they received it. Today, the open rate on average for many industries is about 4 to 6%, not 46, right. 4 to 6. Yeah. So 
it, it really, and there's a number of reasons for that. One is people abandon their email accounts. They sign up with bogus emails. They get the thing that you're giving uh, to build your list, and that's all they want. They don't want anything beyond it. So open rates have really been impacted, and that's why using social media in your marketing is really essential also, and knowing how to position it. Um, but one of the things I work with my clients on is laying a foundation first. You know, get your web presence in order, get your social media accounts in order, and really get your branding in order. Then look at how you're going to drive traffic. And it used to be that, the way I describe it, you could sneeze in a handkerchief and people would download it. They'd say, oh, that's really great. Well, now you have to have something so enticing and really addressing a problem. Um, I have a very dear friend that um, she has a list of about 150,000 in her Facebook group. And she is one of the old time internet marketers. We'd all know her name if you've been around internet marketing. And a few years ago, she started doing some stuff on low carb eating. Well, it's interesting because she's got her internet marketing market, which is really substantial. And she's got her low carb eating market. And she makes probably as much from that as she does her internet marketing because it addresses a specific problem. You know, it's interesting. You talk about numbers and, and, and email lists and things like that. I've, I've recently been listening a lot to Seth uh, Godin's Akimbo uh, podcast, which is really mm -hmm. fascinating. And he said a number of times is that it doesn't matter how big it is, as long as it's a, it's a viable size for what you're doing. It could be 50 people. It could be 50,000. It doesn't really matter. It, it could be 500. Whatever it is, as long as you can serve them and they are all you need, then you don't really need any more. You, you just serve those that market very, very well. And so it really comes down to, to what you're supplying them and the customer service and that sort of thing. And, you know, my personal business, I have a um, small handful of clients that I serve over and over and over again, and I keep mm -hmm. adding new clients now and then. And, and I guess without even thinking about it, I've got that viable audience, right. that viable market that, that he's talking about. So it's just interesting the, the, the way it's things look at. Yeah, it's a great point because um, if, if you look at it, a lot of times people do go for numbers and, and they think size does matter. And in some cases it does, in other cases it doesn't. But it's really, like you say, how you use the list and how you build the relationship with the people. Right. Um, I, right. I actually um, I got involved in the sport of running a few years ago and I'm, I can claim, uh, my claim to fame is that I'm the slowest runner out there. <laughs> but for, uh, in July, I'm going to be doing a uh, sprint triathlon. And so wow. I've, been, I've been incorporating a number of different protocols in my exercise regime. Last evening, I actually went to a spin class, a brand new spin class, haven't been to it. And I've been doing spinning for a few months and uh, pretty, pretty intense uh, kind of exercise. But I went to this class and I was so impressed with, they had water bottles with people's names on it. They had towels for us. They had shoes for us. They, uh, the customer care was beyond compare. I was, I was absolutely blown away. The equipment was state-of-the-art, and it made me realize how important what they are doing is to building their market locally, because there's a lot of competition in the health industry. And if you open up a gym, and you just open up a gym, and you give people the equipment, and you don't show them how to use it, and you don't really care about who comes and goes, and you're just going for that beginning of the year number that many gyms get, you're going to really, you're going to have a major dip at some point through right. the year. And so it's really about continuing to build the relationship and not constantly going out and looking for new business, but taking care of the business that you have. Yeah. It's not good enough to have a satisfied customer because everyone can have a satisfied customer. You've got to have right. a customer that really 
loves you so much that they're willing to tell somebody about you without you asking them to. So that's, Absolutely. that's Absolutely. the goal as far as I'm concerned. So let's talk about, I know you're doing some transitioning, you're working on a book. So uh, let's talk about the book first. I know uh, you said you, you'd like to get that out this year. Let's see. What do you think? <laughs> well, let's see. I've been working on it for a year and a half and that's the longest I've ever worked on a book. I usually with business books, I can uh, get them done pretty quickly. Uh, this is a memoir. And so there's, um, it, it's a whole different process writing a memoir than it is a business book. But the goal is to get it done in 2018 and then uh, go out and uh, speak on uh, about the book and do a lot of interviews and do uh, mastermind groups. And so really it's the, the essence of what I'll be doing is the same as what I'm doing now. It'll just be with a different focus. Do you have a title for the book yet or is that still a... a I do not. That's I in your not. secret place still, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's, maybe I'll call it my secret place. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, you sent me uh, your kind of uh, your, your tear sheet, your cheat sheet, which is kind of fun. And I, I noticed you, you talk about you help clients break free of their self-imposed limitations in order to perform at their highest level possible, which is kind of di getting inside the psychology. Do you have a couple of tips that you could share without giving it all away? Would you, would you be able to do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think one of the most important things that people can do to break, break free of their own limiting behaviors and thoughts is actually get out and have movement. Um, I'm, I'm a real proponent of exercise. I, I was at the gym this morning and I, I just have noticed for me and the people that I work with, when they can get into movement, it starts shifting the energy around because a lot of times we get yep. really stuck where we're at. And so Finding some kind of an exercise protocol is really important. Another thing that's important is how we eat. Um, a lot of times people, they'll use food to stuff their emotions and the food can actually weigh them down in more ways than one and not looking at they, that they are responsible for how they're feeling. So those are two very important things that I do. Another thing that I encourage people to do is actually set daily goals. For example, one of the most important things that you can do is pick up the phone and call people. Uh, and people have gotten a real aversion to phone calling. And what I do with my clients is I give them a set number of calls that they can make during the day. And I, I actually had one client, this was really interesting. She um, had a gentleman who wanted to do business with her and he had said, yes, you know, what, what you told me is great. I'm willing to pay the money on and on. Okay. So she, it was a done deal other than she had not sent him the, uh, the payment button. And so she's telling me about this and, and we're on a coaching call and she goes, yeah, I've got this guy and I'm just going through all these emotions. And she's starting to like get in her story. I said, here's what I want you to do. I said, I'm going to hang up on you. You're going to send the invoice out. And then you're going to call me back. And I hung up. It was like, I don't have time for this. It's like, take care of business. So a few Agreed. minutes later, she calls back and she goes, okay, I sent the invoice out. While we were on the phone, he sent the money to her via PayPal. There and it was go. a substantial amount of money. It wasn't just, you know, $10. It was a pretty substantial amount of money. And she goes, you know, it was so interesting because I was so ready to talk about emotions and I was ready to process this. And it's like, we get so caught up sometimes in processing things that we don't get into the action that needs to be taken. Agreed. Agreed. So Kathleen, I think your company's power up for profits. Is that accurate? Yes, it is. And so yes, is that, is. so where's the best place to find you online? PowerUpForProfits.com would be one place. And okay. I'm all over social media. I'm on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. And the best place I would say for people to connect is LinkedIn and Twitter. Those are my two uh, favorite for business. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty active on both of those as well. So appreciate it. Before, hang on, just don't, don't go anywhere. We're, we're about to wrap this up. So.
Oh, oh, here's ours, oh, you dog. <laughs> oh, oh, hello. This is hello. Scruffy. This is Scruffy. Hey, Scruffy. How we are you? Him, we got him about a year. He was kind of sleeping, so he didn't like me waking him up, but uh, I wanted oh, him to say Scruffy hi. Scruffy is sweet. Yes. Now, what kind of dog is Scruffy? He's kind of a terrier mutt. Uh, we're not sure of his okay. history. We think he came out of a puppy mill in California. That's the story. Um, not treated well in the first couple of years of his life. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, so he's a little well, weary you know, it's, of adults. It, it, it's interesting you should say that because the dog that I did uh, some fundraising around, she was a puppy mill breeder dog. And she was probably 10 years old when she found her way to our house in really bad shape. We thought we were going to have to put her down. We had her for three and a half years. And just a few wow. months ago, we had to let her go. But uh, yeah, it, it's, you know, rescue dogs are amazing. So thank you for sharing Scruffy yes, with I, me. Yes, I knew you'd like that. all your listeners. All right. Kathleen, uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Let's talk soon and uh, we'll wrap it up for Absolutely. today. Thank you. All right. Okay, thanks so much. Bye-bye. Well, thanks again to Kathleen Gage uh, for being a part of this week's Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee, uh, this episode, and for now uh, also being a fellow Oregonian for the last dozen years. Uh, so glad to have her here in Oregon. Let's move on to the Trade Show Tip of the Week. It's from my books, Trade Show Superheroes and Exhibiting Zombies, and there's a chapter called Eight Ways to Use Surveys at uh, Trade Shows. So the brief list, I won't give you everything because it's actually two or three pages, but um, some of the things you can do with surveys in your booth, uh, product comparison. You're like an A versus a B versus a C. You remember the old uh, Coke test, Pepsi test? Well, test your product against others. You can do you can do a product comparison. Uh, you can do a quick two or three question survey. Just ask folks if they can answer questions. Say, hey, can I have 20 seconds of your time and and uh, hold a clipboard or maybe an iPad and just have them answer a couple of questions, get you some data. Uh, you can do a more in-depth survey. This might mean someone that actually is more interested in your product and you've had a, a longer, uh, deeper engagement. You might have them take a more in-depth survey. Uh, you can do a live visual feature or product comparison. So this would be set up a graphic and maybe an interactive exhibit that asks visitors to make a choice between various possible features of products. Uh, you may be offering in the near future. Tell them, you know, you're evaluating things before you make it. So it's kind of an R&D thing. You can also measure your brand effectiveness. Uh, depending on your company and brand, you might want to survey your visitors on how they perceive your brand in comparison to your competitors. Uh, while this may take a little more effort, the survey can yield some very worthwhile results. Uh, measure your effectiveness of an, any pre-event marketing that you do. If you do a lot of pre-show marketing, email, uh, blast, phone calls, uh, direct mail, uh, social media, maybe you want to measure this. Set up a survey that asks visitors if they heard of you, where they heard of you, and if the message they saw inspired them to visit your booth. Or maybe they just stumbled across it. Uh, get input for future events. Take some time to ask visitors what had the most impact at the show. And then finally, number eight, uh, get feedback on a new product. Let's say you got a new product that's being uh, been on the market for a short time or you're going to launch things. Uh, one of my cl uh, clients in the years past used to do that. Uh, kettle Foods, they'd always try out new flavors. They'd have new flavors every year and they would pick the one. They'd have like five or six flavors and the top one or two would actually get produced. So there's lots of things you could do with surveys uh, at trade shows. Uh, finally, let's wrap on one good thing. I just finished third season of the Showtime TV series, Billions. Great show. Lots of fun. Uh, I will say, though, finished uh, season three. I think season three started a little slow. It kind of felt like it. And it really, though, took took half the season to get wound up. Uh, and it did finish with a bang. I can't wait for uh, season four. So that's that's the one good thing of this week. Billions from Showtime. So uh, this is Tim Patterson, Trade Show Guy. Have yourself a great week.